0: Welcome to the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast. I'm Crystal Keating bringing you real conversations with people impacted by disability and exploring your questions about how to include people with special needs in your community and church. You can visit johnnyandfriends.org podcast to subscribe and download any of the resources we've mentioned on the podcast. Well did you know that this month is Tourette Syndrome Awareness Month? Tourette syndrome is a neurological disorder characterized by involuntary tics and vocalizations, and it's a disability that's not often discussed. So this week, I am excited to welcome Chris Pearson back to the podcast to talk about the daily impact of Tourette syndrome on him. Hear how this disability manifests itself in Chris's life and how he's learned to manage his symptoms. He also has some great advice and encouragement for anyone who is struggling with Tourette syndrome or a tic disorder. Let's listen in. It is a blessing to have Chris Pearson in the studio again today as we celebrate Tourette Syndrome Awareness Month. Welcome back to the podcast, Chris.
1: Thank you, and I'm really happy to be here, especially for something like Tourette's.
0: Absolutely. It's great to talk with you again. And Chris, we've worked together for some time now, and I really had no idea that you faced the daily challenges of Tourette's syndrome. How would you describe Tourette's syndrome, and what is it like for you to live with this disability?
1: Uh, It's a struggle. It's a struggle that I've obviously had to deal with my entire life, but uh, it's something that... Like you said, you've never noticed it before. It's something that you kind of learn to manage somewhat so that Mm. people, you know, to try and stop people from noticing. So, a lot of people actually don't know that I have it until I tell them and then they start noticing things. But Mm. uh, if I was to describe Tourette's, it's a disorder that involves involuntary tics. So whether they be uh, verbal tics, which are uh, making noises or sounds or saying certain words. Mm. And it could be also be uh, motor tics as well, which are the more physical tics, which is like movements of your uh, body parts or doing something like action wise.
0: Mm. Well, you know, as you're describing it, I really had a lot of misconceptions about what Tourette syndrome is. I think what May come to mind for a lot of us is somebody who is exclaiming obscenities or maybe saying swear words or um, inappropriate phrases that they don't have control of. Maybe that's what comes to mind or that's the stereotypical thing.
1: Oh, well, I mean, it's true. It's, it's, that's what everybody thinks Tourette's is. And that's because it's like,
0: like it's limited to that.
1: Yeah. And that's because its global presence is from these videos that show the most extreme versions of Tourette's. So it always shows the people who are you know the most verbal Mm. and um, there are people out there who obviously have that form of Tourette's who you know cannot stop saying real bad phrases you know or or, or swears or things like that you have people who will flail their arms around or do these really Mm. aggressive movements but then you have people who are on like a milder spectrum of that, who, like myself, I would consider myself to be um, have milder Tourette's than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, to me personally, it doesn't feel like it's mild. Uh, but I think in the grand spectrum of looking at Tourette's, is a little bit more tame.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, if you think about... Um, I mean, when I was reading about Tourette's syndrome, I think only 10 to 15% of people diagnosed have actually that display of the tick where they're saying inappropriate things. And it's more common to make facial movements or um, arm flailings, as you mm-hmm. said. But I mean, think back to when you were a kid, when were you diagnosed and what kind of symptoms did you have even as a young child?
1: Well, I think it was probably around when I was about five or six that I first started displaying my tics or oh, my family had noticed the tics anyway. Uh, one of the main things that I think it could possibly be is the fact that I had uh, childhood trauma when my granddad died. We were, we were very close. Mm. And uh, once he passed away, that was when my mum had first started noticing that I had certain tics. There's never been any definitive research that says exactly what causes Tourette's, whether Mm. it's hereditary or it's part of a trauma or maybe it is hereditary, but it needs a trigger like a trauma for it to Mm. to come out. But uh, that was when they first started noticing them. And it's interesting that we talk about how you have the more extreme versions and the milder versions of Tourette's because when I first started with my Tourette's, because I was a lot younger, you don't really know how to manage your right, tics back then. Right. So they were, they were much more extreme. So, you know, whereas now, my tics now are kind of, they're small- And they're more contained. When I was Mm -hmm. a child, I had tics like I would do this thing where I would jump in the air and kick my legs back. Mm. And then I also had one where I would really whip my neck back as fast as I could. Mm. Um, And then I had like ones where I would accentuate certain vowels in in sentences. Because something about the feeling of making that word louder was like satisfying to me. And Mm. uh, I also made like this kind of noise with my nose. Mm. To me, it felt like normal it felt like that was just normal to do that yeah. kind of stuff my mom and my dad would always be like like what are you doing like like oh. what is like what why are you doing that you know and the same with my brother and my sister and everyone like they would, they would always be like, why, why does he do that? You know, why is he doing that thing? And that's when my Mm. mum was like, started to realize something was wrong. And then that's when she looked into getting like, you know, looked into Mm. the diagnosis of it. And yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, that was where we went from there. But when I try to explain to people exactly what Tourette's is, like what it feels like, like you can equate it to two things. It's very similar to a sneeze. So, it's Mm. like that feeling you get when you're about to sneeze, where it just comes out of nowhere and you have to sneeze. It's kind of like that. And then also, yes, right. But then when you do hold it in, it's like the most unsatisfying feeling ever because you've held in that sneeze and you haven't let it go. You know, that's Mm. kind of how it feels to hold in a tick. Mm. Another way to describe it is like an itch so if you have you know when you have like a real bad itch and you can't itch it and if you choose not to itch it it gets more and more and more itchy until the point where you physically cannot not do it
0: yeah you have to well that's
1: what it feels like to have a tick and it feels like if i don't let this out if i don't do it like i'm just gonna explode you know like and 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 it's you know it's it's such a bizarre feeling and sometimes if you hold it in for as long as you can, your body will just subconsciously do it, and that's mm. what if that's why when you have the most extreme versions of Tourette's, where people mm. say these crazy things, you think, "Well, just can you hold it in, or just say something different?" It's kind of it's not like that. It mm. just your body just does it, it you know, mm. it, because you can't hold it in any longer.
0: Yeah, well, and I can imagine as a child not having the same self awareness that you do now, and the same kind of like body control that you have. Mm. I just wonder, how does that affect some of the other kids around you? Do you remember being in an elementary school or even junior high and displaying some of your tics? What was that like?
1: It was tough. You know, like, again, for me, it was normal. And, like, Tourette's is something that, like, your family and everyone. Nobody really knows how to deal with that. Like yeah. nobody knows how to manage it. Nobody knows what the correct way to handle these things are. Mm. From my parent in and, and my my siblings' point of view, there was like two different kind of attempts. Like my mom was very nurturing and very like that. He, he has Tourette's and he, you know, and 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 it'll be all right and everything's okay. Whereas my dad on the other end of it is like. They would, my dad and my brother and everything, they'd kind of poke fun at it in light jest a little bit into the sense of like well you know we'll just make fun you know we'll make light of it and then it'll be like it's fine you know what I mean yeah, like yeah. we're just we're just joking about it you know what I mean so it's it takes the stigma out of it and and the kind of stepping on eggshells around it right I felt it's a little bit tough on both sides of that because like you feel like you're being mollycoddled on one side and you feel like you're being made fun of on the other sure. so like you don't know your place in that right and then at school like Kids are ruthless. Like regardless. Kids yeah. are always gonna be ruthless because they don't know the world and they just kind sure. of they see it they say it how they see it. And yeah. there's been times where like a lot of kids would make fun of me for it all the time. And uh I was recently telling a story about how when I was in school, we used to do these um, dance number things. So, like, the, all the big popular pop groups back then, they all had, like, these crazy routines that they do <laughs> for, like, their music videos and stuff. So, like, we would get in groups and then we would all learn the dances to them and then we'd go and perform them in front of the school. It was, like, <laughs> a big thing when in the 90s when I was a kid. So, like... We had gone up to do, like, one of those in front of the whole school. And I remember, like, we're doing, working through this routine. And then, like, all of a sudden, I'm, like, doing the, the jump thing, you know? Like, we're doing the moves. And then all of a sudden, I'm like jumping. Like one of your ticks as yeah, a kid. Yeah, like, I can't help it. It just happens. And then I remember, like, looking into the crowd and seeing the kids on the front row who were, like, pointing and whispering oh. about it and laughing about it and, like... Uh, obviously i know what they're talking about at that point and then i remember getting coming out off stage and i remember the other kids were like so mad at me and they were like like how could you you know you ruined it and you know you
0: couldn't help it yeah
1: and it like i remember that was like so you know it made me feel a little bit defeated and it gets in the way of everything or it did when i was younger and that was like a real sore spot for me
0: well, I love that you have a heart to want to create awareness for this. And I was reading an article that had a such a great line. I want to read it. People with Tourette syndrome have long been misunderstood and mocked. I mean, that's what it makes me think of you at mm-hmm. school. Underneath the uncontrollable symptoms are children and adults, human beings made in the image of God with hopes, dreams, and feelings. And another line from the CDC website, actually, it says, educating the community about Tourette syndrome can increase understanding of the symptoms, reduce teasing, and decrease stress for people with Tourette syndrome. People with Tourette syndrome cannot help having tics and are not being disruptive on purpose. They're not trying to mess up the routine. When others understand these facts, people with Tourette syndrome might receive more support, which might help lessen some tics symptoms. And I think that's really interesting that the stress and the pressure can actually trigger ticks is yeah. that true? Do you have any triggers for some of your ticks?
1: Yes, so I have like there's tons of ways that Tourette's is triggered. one of the main ones which like every time like my ticks are really bad, my dad is like, are, are you tired son? like you know because he knows that like that's a big one for me is when I'm tired and you're exhausted. Yeah, the more tired I get the worse my ticks get. So mm. like in the evening like they're really bad and they can be really bad in the morning when I'm tired as well, I think the worst times for me at work are first thing in the morning.
0: Hmm.
1: I get so frustrated with myself and that's because like I sit there and I just, and I just, they get worse and then I'm making these noises. and I'm like, <clears throat> clearing my throat every five seconds and they're just going and going. Because that's one of
0: your tics. I right. mean, you talked about tics as a kid. What are some of your tics now?
1: Well, this is the thing. I have the same tics almost that I had when I was a kid. They're just way more managed now. Okay. And that, when you grow up, you start to like manage your symptoms a lot better. Like, whereas when I was a kid, it was like, these tics were so intense Uh, Let's say with the whipping my neck back, like I would really like whip it back real intense. That was one of my ticks that my mom was really worried about because she's like, you're going to get whiplash, you're going to damage your neck for the rest of your life. And it was huge when I was younger, but then I, you start to like manage it a little bit better. So then you can just like, you do it half as much, you know? And then I, now I can manage it to where I do this tiny little movement with my neck that you would barely notice if I didn't explain it to you. Right. And then I'll work it into a conversation. So I'll move my head a lot when I'm talking to people. And in between all those incremental little movements, I'm just jerking my neck just a little bit to the point where I get the same satisfaction of the tick mm. movement. So like mm. a big thing for people with Tourette's is finding other smaller ticks that give you the same satisfaction of a tick from, from the original one. So, you know, that's that's something. And the same with clearing my throat. Instead of like, when I'm in the car on my own, I'm like, Urgh! you know, like I'm like clearing my throat <laughs> so loud that like if, if anybody heard that car journey home, it would be like crazy. So, you know, th- that's when I'm on my own. But when I'm with people or when I'm around people, I just kind of, you know, you can like mm, just do that smaller and mm. smaller tone uh, of noise just to kind of, get the same feeling. It doesn't completely make it better, but it it gives it a smaller vision that it makes me satisfied enough. So that's like one way that I manage them.
0: Well, Chris, one of the things I love about you is your humor and you're a funny guy. (laughs) And I've often heard that keeping humor in our situations is one of the ways that we can stay positive when dealing with a disability. Do you have any funny stories about managing your symptoms?
1: Well, uh, I spoke just before about how uh, when I'm in the car and I release my uh, symptoms a little bit. Right,
0: alone in the car. That's
1: right, yeah. (laughs) So I think when I'm at work and I'm holding these things in all day, it's quite funny to me, I think. And I imagine to anybody else it would be funny from the outside. But yeah, it's not just in the car on the way home it can be like on my days off. So like sometimes I can just imagine if somebody had some recording device or something for me in my house on my own, it would be the most wildest thing because not only do I do like the noises and the, uh, you know, the ticks there, but I do them more extreme because it's almost to me, it's like, finally getting to release them if I do them even bigger it just feels that much better (laughs) so like honestly if you came to my house on a Saturday you'd hear from outside I'm walking around my house screaming and doing like all these you know loud noises and all this kind of thing because it just it's like this great time for me to release everything and feel a lot better about it so yeah that's kind of how I manage them So another thing that is really strange about my Tourette's, especially when it comes to like a working environment, is my tics like adjust to the volume of the ambience in the room, right? So if we're in here talking and I can feel that level, I can like... Try to keep the volume of my ticks to whether reasonable for this for this situation. Right. You know? So we're
0: in a quiet room. So, right, so your ticks are kind of understated. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: So the issue with that is that I work in an environment where I am an editor at times. So I wear headphones, and when I have headphones on, I'm listening to the audio of the uh, oh, no. you know whatever I'm editing, <laughs> and that's louder. So. I'm not aware of the volume in the actual room, which is quiet. And at that time, my ticks are like so loud, but to me, they don't feel loud at all. Yeah,
0: because you can't hear them.
1: Right, because oh. I can't hear them. So, you know, people are like giving me glances and stuff, oh, no. you know, while I'm making these noises. So that is like a little bit of a struggle as well.
0: Well, and it sounds like you're pretty mindful about what other people are thinking and feeling maybe around you. I mean, you talked about kind of being stressed in the morning. You're tired. You're coming yeah. into work, and you work with a bunch of people in a small—
1: Quiet office. Yeah,
0: a small, quiet <laughs> office. So <laughs> yeah, <it's> how <laughs> is it like in your relationships as you're managing your tics and you have Tourette syndrome? I mean, you're a married man, so you're working, you're married, yeah. you have a church body. What's it like for you?
1: People always think that I'm a little bit of a grouchy person. They always think I have that little bit of, you know, like, oh, he's not in a great mood this morning or that kind of thing. But honestly, like when you live your life making involuntary noises all of the time, every single day from the moment Mm. you wake up to the moment you go to bed and like a regular person will come in and focus on their day and that's that. 50% of my entire focus for my day is also spent managing my Tourette's symptoms and that's exhausting to me it's not just that I also have ADHD as well
0: Mm.
1: and that gives me a lack of focus so now the little amount of focus that I do have is spent trying to manage my symptoms so that I don't make you know a spectacle of myself Mm. in my own eyes yeah you're not trying to
0: disrupt your co-workers right
1: and and and, you know from a standpoint of work it's very hard this is the first job that I've had in my entire life where I've actually openly told people I have Tourette's. And that's because, yeah, and that's because the clear in my throat is my newest tick. I got that about a year ago or maybe a year and a half ago. Hmm. And it's one that's so loud that I couldn't contain it as much so I had to tell people because eventually people are going to like constantly asking me what's wrong and do you need a drink or do you need this and that and I I felt like I had to say something because having Tourette's my entire life has given me the worst poor self-image in terms Mm. of like it makes me really dislike myself the fact Mm. that I keep making these noises and I feel like Mm. everyone around me is aware of it and I feel like Mm. they're you know, either making fun of it or they're just even worse than that. I feel like they're just, they get fed up with it easy. Yeah, and like I feel they're like, just
0: tolerating you yeah, or Yeah,
1: and, and I feel yeah, like... That,
0: that's a horrible feeling. Right, and
1: I don't want to be someone no. who's just there and tolerated for, you know, who I am because... It's, it's tough. It's tough to be living in that. So then yeah. I, that's when you try to, to make your symptoms smaller and manage them. And, mm-hmm. you know, like my mom will be like, your, your Tourette's have been way better, you know, recently. And it's not. My Tourette's aren't better. I just hide them better because, I, them. because I want mm. to please the people around me. And mm. that makes, that internal struggle makes me so angry. It makes mm. me so angry at myself. It makes me, and I just want it to stop. And sometimes I will. Sometimes I'll be sat there at work and I'll just you know, I'll just bang on the table because I'm just like, I'm done. You know what I mean? And yeah. everyone's like looking over like, oh, you know, what's what going on? And, I, and it's because I'm, I, This has been boiling over in me for so long And, and then people come yeah. to talk to me I'll be short with them And I'm like it's not because of you It's really not It's because I'm myself and You're I, frustrated and,
0: with yourself yeah, yeah and
1: the same at home Like I, you know I love my wife And she's the most compassionate person Especially when it comes to my disability Because I, we're so close I, I let my guard down a little sure. bit So my Tourette's get worse yeah. In her presence Because I'm you know I'm allowing myself to do that
0: Well you know For someone in your position I think of how many of us are around you, like I think of you, I think how cheerful you are and how much I enjoy like hearing your stories and your laughter. I don't you. see you that way. And so many of us want want people, especially with Tourette's, to know, hey, it's okay. You can be who you are. What encouragement do you have for somebody like you in that situation where you can say, hey, there is hope. There are people who care.
1: Well, you know, I mean, I would look at where I'm at now. I mean, I I feel like like I I speak about how intense and angry and upset and yeah. you know and how hard it is to deal those with those are myself. real
0: emotions,
1: right? And I but I but I'm here now. I'm you know I'm t- I'm turning thirty in a couple of days, and I'm I'm here.
0: Right? You
1: know, like I have a I have a really amazing job, and I have a beautiful wife, and I'm you know in every aspect of my life, I'm happy in in that sense. Mm. You know. So I think that, like, my message to people who, who you know, who have Tourette's to is, like, don't sweat it. Like, you'll get there eventually. And it, it's it been a real hard journey for me to find acceptance in that. And yeah. so I feel like you'll get there eventually. You know, it just takes time. You know, now, even now, I like I say, I struggle with having my Tourette's around other people. But sure. really, I sit there and I think, well, you know, well, whatever, I am who I am, I still, you know, I'm still, I think, a nice person, and, you know, and I still think that it's... You're totally
0: likable, and you're not reduced to your disability, right? and I think that comes through when we look at you, Chris, who you are, and you said a good phrase, the journey of acceptance, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is a journey.
1: It is, and, you know, uh, one thing that I'll say is, and this, I mean, this obviously applies to everyone, is... In your life, go after what you're passionate about. And that's like something that you can apply to anyone. Mm. I would say that it applies to Tourette's, uh, in my opinion, more. So my passion and my job is photography. And, you know, I'm a photographer and a camera operator, so I do video as well. But those two things are some of the only time in my entire life where I can go through, if I'm during a photo shoot, or if I'm filming somebody, that my Tourette's symptoms just my tics stop completely. Wow! Like absolutely come to nothing, and that is because I'm so like passionate and focused on what I'm doing at the time mm. that they just kind of sit at the side of of that, and then you know, for that small period of time, everything kind of relaxes and that goes away. Mm. So. That's why I think it's important for people to 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 keep following what you know what they 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 love and their passion and
0: stuff It's a good word growing up with Tourette syndrome and being in church. what encouragement would you provide to those who encounter someone in their church or their youth group that may have Tourette syndrome?
1: I would say that you know obviously you know being accepting of everybody is is key to that but yeah. i I feel like for me it's more about not drawing attention to it Mm. to me like i a lot of places you know can say like we are accepting of this and we're accepting of that but i feel like in doing that, a lot of it is drawing attention to it, and that's kind mm-hmm. of unwanted. As somebody with Tourette's, who literally every single noise draws attention to me, yeah. I don't want to be elevating the fact that it draws attention to me. So
0: that's a great you know, perspective.
1: I think I think that that is my take on that. But I do love the fact that you know a lot of churches you know are accepting, and and I feel like it's it's more. A congregational thing too because it depends on Mm -hmm. how big your church is really but you know like if you're in a small church and you're making noises and all that kind of thing it can be a little bit tough but I think if everybody is aware and not drawing attention to it, I feel like that's a much more positive thing.
0: That's good. Well, and that just makes me think about going back to relationships. We have to know people. We have to know their story. We have to know each family. And I think in that way, you can bring the love of Christ to families who are impacted by disability, get Mm -hmm. to know them, embrace them, and um, yep. in that way, our churches and our bodies will be stronger. So, mm-hmm. Chris, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I love your heart. I love your heart to share awareness of Tourette's Syndrome. And thanks for sharing your stories with us once again.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I'm really uh, glad that you have me on.
0: What a great conversation with Chris. I know many of us have only ever heard the stereotypes associated with Tourette syndrome, so I appreciate Chris opening up about his tics and the daily challenges he has in controlling them. And I certainly love his encouragement for anyone experiencing similar symptoms. There are struggles, but you will make it. It is a journey of acceptance, and you aren't reduced to your disability. Go after your passions and trust God to carry you through. If you have questions about Tourette Syndrome or other disability-related topics, please visit johnnyandfriends.org podcast to contact us. Our ministry exists to share the gospel and equip you to embrace all people regardless of their abilities, so we'd love to provide you with encouragement and resources. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Crystal Keating, and I hope you'll join me again next week as we talk through a topic that everyone deals with at some point in their life the topic of grief. I've invited my dear friend, Hallie mastro Leonardo to share her journey through the why following unexpected, devastating tragedy, and where she has found support and healing. So don't forget to subscribe and join me again next week on the Johnny and Friends Ministry Podcast.